0: You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry. A dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for his glory. Are we enjoying the baptisms? Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, I yeah, uh, I when I was twelve. I got baptized, but I did not have like a nice pool like that. I got baptized in the sea in Scotland. <laughs> 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 yeah, in the sea in Scotland. And uh, I remember because my dad at that time had a really big beard. And we used to have to give, we didn't have it on video. We used to have to give like our our story, our testimony. And, and um, I remember like I was just about to give my testimony when suddenly on their bikes, a group of my mates from school came round the corner, stopped to watch this. And I gave my story in front of them. And then we went in the sea and my dad baptized me and I remember springing out the water and I was like mm, and my dad was like oh it's emotional and I was like it's freezing it is absolutely freezing and uh, when I got to school on Monday all my mates were giving me jip and says oh we saw Mark Ritchie getting baptized by John the Baptist and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember telling my dad that he was not not best pleased, but um, amazing, really, really great. Now, I saw this, and I thought, I don't know if we can stick it up, but I absolutely love this. I mean, that, that's not... That's not that well thought through, is it? That is Department of Oh, we're running out of room planning. Uh, I really like that. And I don't know if we can stick up the other, the other uh, one. Thank you for driving carefully through the village. Yeah? And just a nice little car there who's obviously not read the sign. And uh no, I mean, I don't know if you ever think about this, but We pass a lot of signs all the time. There's a lot of signs around us. And a lot of them have got the word no in them. You know, it's like no entry, no parking. I'm sure a lot of people in the room have ignored that one. And uh, no, you know, no ball games. Do you remember when you were a kid? Oh, no ball games, no trespassing. All these signs that have got the word no with them. And then when you get to the swimming pool, it's uh, no running, no splashing, no diving. All these words, just no, no, no. And then when it comes to our passport pictures, no smiling. (laughs) Not allowed to smile. No hats. And it's like... Incredible to think of this word no all the time. And then I meet a lot of people as I'm traveling around and talking to them about God. And you know, a lot of people just think that God is just this huge big no in the sky. That God is just like no having fun. No parties. No drinking. No this, no that. it's just like, wow, is God just really an angry man in the sky with a stick just wanting to spoil your fun? No, no, no. It's like, wow. When I was like a young lad about 15, we um, used to have a preacher who used to come. He had a massive Bible. He would slam it down. And every time he came, he always started with the same words. He always started by saying, God's not happy. And uh, I remember being there 15 thinking, wow, God is never happy when that guy comes. Yeah, <laughs> he's never happy. And it's like, oh, he was a quite scary preaching guy. And he would, this thing where he would, his finger would be going and he would be like, there are people here who are going to the cinema. And the finger, you know, you just don't stop on me. Please don't stop on me. And I remember he came one time and he was like, there are people in this congregation who are wearing makeup, yeah? And the finger stopped on me. And I was like, no, 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 only once. No, never, never, never. Never. And uh, it's like, you know, this sense of like this kind of angry God who's just like, now I have the job of going around the country, going around the world, and I go around saying, hey, listen, this good news, yeah? I actually go around saying, oh, wear some makeup, yeah? Yeah? <laughs> Please, just a bit of blush or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, none of you, none of you, you look amazing, yeah? But, you know, the sense of, um, you know, people getting this idea that God is just this angry no. And, you know, it's like when we start to think about that and thinking, oh, you know, they talk about sin at that church and they talk about, and it's like, oh, everything is so negative. But, you know, I, I really want to, um, for you to see a different picture because I feel that the Bible paints a different picture. There's amazing words in Jeremiah. Jeremiah, and it's incredible, 29 verse 11, the Bible says wonderful words. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Wow. Um. I'm a big football fan. I really love football. And there's a little story that some of you may have heard, but I want to, I don't know if we can stick up this picture here, but, you know, we've got two, the guy with the um, football shirt on, he is a guy called Sami Nazri. He's a French footballer who was playing for Manchester City. Man City were doing okay, but the news came through that this guy with a jacket on there was coming. He was going to be their new manager. His name is Pep Guardiola. And Pep Guardiola is known as potentially the greatest football football manager in the world. And he was coming to Manchester City. He'd done amazing at Barcelona. And he'd won lots and lots of things at Bayern Munich. And now he was coming to be the manager of Manchester City. Six months, the players knew that he was coming. And then on his first training session, watching the guys do some drills, watching them doing a bit of running, Pep Guardiola noticed that Sami Nasri was out of shape. He'd been eating too many pies. <laughs> he was put a lot of weight on. Now I know he does not look like that in that picture. A lot of you are looking like that is not a fat man, yeah? <laughs> If you want to see if no. And it's like, but he'd got out of shape. He was completely, he'd eaten too much food and he couldn't do the, the drills properly. And Pep calls him over and there's this conversation and Pep's like going, you knew I was coming. For six months you've known that I was going to be coming here and yet you're out of shape. And you know, Sammy Nash is like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, that. And, and Pep's like, no, you don't understand. I had got designs for you. I've got plans for you. I had dreamed about how I could, where I could play you on the park. I've got ideas of, and visions of, of us winning medals together. I've got uh, uh, thoughts about exactly the drills that we would do and how we could really be successful together. And yet, you're out of shape. And you see, I want you to understand today is that God, he has got visions and plans for your life. God has got designs for your life. God wants you to fly. He wants you to do amazing. He wants you to bloom and to blossom and to really absolutely flourish. God wants you to do amazing. And yet we have this thing. We were carrying this baggage. We're carrying this stuff. The Bible's got a word for it. It's called sin. And we're not able to do what we were created to do. We're not able to achieve the things that we're meant to achieve because we're carrying this garbage, this weight, this baggage around with us. Oh man, imagine, you know, God just putting his arm around you and going, Oh, if only you knew the dreams I had for your life. If only you knew the plans and the designs I'd got for you. And yeah, you're not going to be able to do them because of this thing called sin. I, uh, when I was. About 13, I I got into a little bit of swimming and I I, I wanted to go for my swimming badge. And I was at school and got the opportunity to do it. And every week we got kind of like taught different ways of swimming and really understanding like how to do it and getting in the pool. And it was brilliant and I was going really well. And then I remember my teacher saying, next week I want you to bring your pajamas because you're going to go in the pool in your pajamas. Can anybody else remember this happening at their school? Anyone? Thank you. You're the only person in the whole day that's admitted <laughs> that it happens. Everyone else is gone. Mm. yeah? I don't know what school you went to, but we did not go to a school like that, yeah? And, yeah, the next week, sure enough, I turned up with my pajamas, all my mates were the same, and we jumped in the pool, and then, wow. You know, this guy that... Decent swimmer, was able to do some good lengths. Now, like, really struggling. Way down. Bogged down. Absolutely finding it so difficult. And, you know, this is an incredible picture because... The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, listen to these incredible words. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Ah, friend, you see, I told you that there I was with my pajamas, you see, Suddenly, I'm not able to do everything that I was created and designed to do because I'm weighed down. I'm tangled up by this thing. And I can remember the moment when the teacher says, right, everybody, just get back into your swim shorts. We're ripping the pajamas off and we were able to swim the way we were designed to swim. And this is what God's talking about today is you see that God has created you for incredible things. He's got wonderful designs for your life but the Bible says that sin entangles us, bogs us down. You're not flourishing like you should because of the stuff in your life. And I'm like, oh God, we, we need your help here. Let's throw off everything that entangles us. I am I had an amazing story about a guy called Willie Fraser. Now, Willie Fraser's a Scottish guy. He's in his 80s. And he is, um, lives just north of Aberdeen. And this particular story happened in January. And uh, it was kind of like he was out having a drink on a Saturday night, he had a few drinks, and then he was making his way home. And um, he was having to walk through the country. It was very, very late. He did a few drinks and he got to a barbed wire fence and he tried to get over this fence, but in trying to get over it, he actually got caught up in the barbed wire and he actually found himself ensnared. And the more he tried to get free, the more tangled up he got. And then because he was a bit of an older gentleman, maybe didn't have the, quite enough strength, and so there he is tangled up on this fence. Now, they said that the conditions were particularly cold. January, north of Aberdeen. Absolutely freezing. And there he is tangled up. They said after that, if he'd remained tangled up in that fence, if he'd stayed in that condition, then he would have definitely died. And there he is tangled up. And he sort of starts to pass in and out of consciousness. And the more he tries to get out, the more tangled up he's getting. But Wally Fraser has got a friend. He's got a friend who walks his dog at 4.30 in the morning. I don't have any friends that walk the dogs at half four in the morning. None of my friends know that there is a half four in the morning. And... This friend is out walking his dog and the dog comes over and sees what's going on. And then the friend suddenly spots him and he comes over and he can see that Willie's like passing in and out of consciousness. You need to understand, guys, that this friend, he didn't care that his hands were getting split and cut as he pulled the fence, as he got the barbed wire and ripped his friend free. He wasn't bothered about the scars on his hand. All he cared about was getting his body free and getting him to hospital. And amazingly, he managed to do it. And the great story is that Willie Fraser is still going strong. But you see, friend, this is an incredible picture of exactly what happens at the cross. You may have heard some of the songs about the cross today. You may have seen some of us getting passionate about the cross. And maybe it's been difficult for you to understand. That why is this Jesus down on the cross got anything to do with me living in Coventry in 2019? What is this? But you see the story is that. You know for you and for me. Our soul. It's home is to be found in the arms of Father God. That is home for us. But in trying to get home, we're tangled up in this thing called sin. We're snared in this thing called sin. Caught up and tangled. And I'm going to say something now that you need to know, I, I don't say this with dry eyes. I don't say this glibly and without thinking about what I'm about to say. You need to know that I've wept about these following words. But the Bible says that if we remain tangled up in our sin, if we stay in that condition, then ultimately we will spend forever and ever without God. Forever without God. But what a wonderful story that the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus. That Jesus came and he died on the cross. Just like that story of the friend didn't care about getting his hands cut. Jesus' body was broken and smashed and absolutely trashed on the cross. His body beaten and bloodied. But Jesus didn't care about those things. All he wanted was for us to be free of this thing called sin so that we could get home back into the arms of God. And today, this evening, right now, in this room, there's an opportunity for us. There's an opportunity for us to say, you know what, thank you, God, for doing that. Thank you for making that way possible. God, I accept this. And I, and I want to run into your arms. And I, I, I'm going to say this line, but I don't want anybody, wherever you're sitting, I don't want anybody to miss this moment. That anybody would leave this room and ultimately spend forever without God. That breaks my heart to even think of that. But that tonight we would say, do you know what, oh God, Absolutely ask for your forgiveness. I know that you've got plans for my life. I want to live my best life. And God, I I receive your forgiveness and I run into your arms. I'm going to ask if it's possible that maybe one or two of the musicians could just come and help us as we have a moment in the presence of God. Let me explain What's going to happen for these next couple of moments? Is that in a minute I'm going to, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to invite you to pray after me. Don't say it out loud so that people around you can hear, but just pray the prayer in your heart. Then we say Amen, and I'm going to ask that we keep our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And I'm simply going to count to three. And I'm going to say, oh, friend, if you prayed that prayer for the first time. You've never done it before. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you that you would stand on three. And then I'm just going to pray a little general prayer and ask you to take your seats. That will show me today that you like, yes. Maybe you're far from God. And you know you're far from God, and this is a moment for you. Maybe you've never done this before, and this is a moment for you. Oh friend, please, please don't leave this place in the condition of being tangled up in sin. But leave running into the arms of God. I wonder if we could bow our heads and close our eyes. Every head's bowed, every eyes closed. This is the prayer. Why don't you pray this prayer right now in your heart? Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. I'm sorry about my mess and my sin. I'm sorry for being tangled up. I receive your forgiveness. And thank you to by the cross... I can be set free. I run into your arms. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our head stays bowed and our eyes are closed. I'm gonna ask that on three, if you prayed that for the first time, or if you know today that maybe you've prayed it before a long time ago, but you're far from God, I want you to I want you to take some courage. And I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask whatever you are that you would stand in this room. One, two, three. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's wonderful. That is wonderful. I'm just going to ask you to stand for a moment and the team are just going to quickly come. They just want to put something into your hand and just receive that and put it under your chair they just want you to have that people all around the room that's great at the back they are just standing now that's great it's one or two people that are just a little bit emotional that's completely fine I'm gonna say this because I feel God prompting me to say it but there's one person in this room and you know you should be standing there's one person I don't know where you are. I don't know what your story is, but you need to be standing right now. And God's just prompting my soul to speak it out loud. Where you are, just you get up. Stand up now. Don't miss this moment. Join with these other great people that are standing in this place. That's amazing. That's incredible. That is wonderful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you We thank you for for incredible people that are responding to you in the presence of God. Just want to make sure that the team get everyone that's right. Holy Father, thank you that this is the beginning of a wonderful journey for many in this place. And we ask that they will not right at the beginning of this journey. They will not doubt what is happening for them right now. But this would be the beginning of a wonderful story of faith and that we will be celebrating them getting baptized soon because of what you're doing in their heart. In Jesus' name, amen.